All right, so we are still talking about deconstructing faith, and today we are going to center in on another problem that emerges in this suit of deconstruction. I yes. use my hands like that and do a little karate suit, karate size like action with the walking. kung fu grip. Kylie Joe's got the new <laughs> kung fu action. No, again, we're not trying to trivialize anybody's pain or criticize anybody's personal experience when it comes to their deconstruction of faith. Right. This is just our way of shedding light on the conversation because. Really, it goes so much deeper than not wanting to believe the Bible. Yeah, and so the last two weeks, we were talking about different problems. We talked about the science problem. We talked about the personal problem. Um, and so if you haven't seen those, then you need to click on up here for this playlist. It'll be like in this area somewhere. Uh, and if you're just listening, then go back and listen to those episodes. Yes. Uh, but today, we're talking about the scripture problem. So let's get to it. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today we are talking about the scripture problem. Yes, we're going to dive into that. But before we do, we got to say what's up to the inner circle. Yeah. What's up? How you guys doing? You good? Feel good? Cool. Have a good day? How'd that thing go? Good. Good to hear. How's your good mom? Glad things are well. Okay. Tell your family we said hey. Yeah. Awesome. Now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, if No, but seriously, if you want to know more about the Inner Circle, stick around. We're going to talk about it at the end. And so you can know who those people's is and how you can become one of them. Yes. Um, so let's get back to deconstruction. Mm -hmm. If you've been hanging with us this far on this um series we've been talking about um this kind of trend that we've seen in popular culture where people have been uh, expressing their deconstruction of faith and how that has happened and it's become so i i would say prominent mm -hmm. um the phrase used to be people losing faith or uh, even way back when it would be people becoming apostate oh these apostasies apostasy in the church but now the the phrase is deconstructing your faith so um we're gonna give you a little context of what deconstruction is yeah. take it away my lovely all wife. right well if you want the definition like the actual definition. What is it? Dictionary definition. I was like the scripture. No. The definition definition. I'm so used to that. If you say it twice, the, that means it's serious. The definition of the definition of the definition. Definitively, it is a method of critical analysis of philosophical and literary language which emphasizes the internal workings of language and conceptual systems, Come on. the relational quality of meaning, and the assumptions implicit in forms of expression. Hey, anybody need somebody to read some stuff at the end of an ad? I'll let you girl, because she just rocked that. Um the <laughs> that's the the textbook definition yes. um, but the way it's more commonly used in culture right now is to uh, tear apart to destroy to reassemble again um, bits and pieces of your core beliefs uh, mm. taking only what is desired um, uh, pastor Eric Mason has a, a series and he used the the um, definition of to reevaluate your deepest core beliefs mm. which okay. isn't always a bad thing yeah you should good. you should uh challenge those things from time to time mm -hmm. to make sure that you're still in line with you yeah. know who you say you are yeah um but we're talking about how this has happened with the christian faith and how mm -hmm. people have been challenging their core beliefs and then picking and choosing the parts that they want to continue believing yeah yeah so, so um when it comes to scripture though scripture we've identified so we, we're we talking about the bible yes just so y'all know yes the the christian bible the holy bible as it says you on the front cover um we've identified these problems we had the personal problem the science problem and the scripture problem relates to the other ones as well, well because does. usually if you talk to someone who is in this process of deconstructing faith, at some point you are going to come up against scripture. Like yes. at some point they're going to say something 
to the effect of we've heard it from from different people in our uh, walk. We've also seen and read different people's experiences of, you know, there's too many contradictions or Mm -hmm. I just couldn't reconcile this part to this part. Yeah. Um, Or it didn't make sense. Like there's just some things if, if we're all honest in reading the Bible, it's like that doesn't really make any sense. Like, I don't understand that. It doesn't seem, um, it doesn't seem possible even. There's mm-hmm. some things that's or like- Or even plausible. Yeah, and, and the biggest one being um, the divinity of Jesus Christ as it is documented in the Bible and understanding that this, this, is, this is one of the, the cruxes, hey. interestingly enough, of that argument. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, there's some good stuff in it. There's some, like, there's some history, I guess, but that whole Jesus thing, like Jesus didn't actually say he was God. Well, see, here's the thing that I've heard though. I've, I've actually heard, I can't remember who said this. I think it, I don't know, some apologist. Um, people will believe the Jesus part, but they have more contra, uh, like contrary feelings towards like the virgin birth, a Jonah and the whale, okay. Noah, like, uh, <laughs> Moses and the Exodus. Like yeah. they'll see all these things and they'll be like, I can't believe any of that. Or even but, the garden, like yeah. going back to the garden. Yeah. But you believe Jesus, the son of God. Cause there are some people that are like, listen, I believe in Jesus, but all the rest of that stuff I can't deal with. So you believe Jesus, the son of God, mm. like God who created everything became a human being and then, and then took away your sins and gave you a, a passage into uh, unapproachable light, into the presence of God. You, you believe that, but you can't believe that the same God could make a flood. Like you're, well, the phrase that I heard is you, you strain out the gnat. No, yeah, strain out the gnat to swallow the camel. Yeah, yeah. And so, but you're right. The divinity of Christ is, is highly debated, especially yeah. among other people of other faith groups. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. one of the things that's brought up is like, how's the Bible different from any other holy book? Or mm. how can I, how can I trust the Bible when it says the world was created in six days when um, all of this scientific detail says that the earth is billions of years old. So we got to dive into some of this. Yeah. We, we won't have time to cover it all, but we're going to dive into some of it. So probably let, because scripture itself is inexhaustible. Yeah. We can't, there's no it. way for us to get to the, like to the end of every single discussion on it. But we can kind of shed light on some things that we have seen and we understand. Yeah. So um, let's for, I want to jump in just piggybacking off of last week. Mm-hmm. Last week we talked about the science problem. Yeah. So uh, we need to address the fact that the, the book of the word of God, the Holy Bible is not a science textbook. Mm. So what I mean by that is there are those that take the word of God literally when it comes to every single thing that's, that's spoken or, or written in mm-hmm. the, in the book. Um, we do not fall in that camp that everything is taken literally because there are things in scripture that are metaphorical. There are things in scripture that are written in um, hyperbole. There are things that there's phenomenological language, which means like saying things as it appears and speaking it like the sun rises and sunsets. Like that doesn't actually happen, right? Mm. Because the earth spins. And so we know the sun doesn't actually rise or set. So I'm not taking that literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we can't approach the, the the Bible and read it as though it is a text, like a science textbook. That's good. It's hard though, because even looking at the story of creation, um, if you, if you want to go back to that story and understand who was telling that story mm-hmm. when it was written, who was actually the one um, sharing this and when it was being shared yeah. and to whom it was being shared. And then this is stuff that goes into like, this is basic, um, discipleship stuff where you yeah, are studying, context. you're studying the context of scripture. But a lot of times when people are um, criticizing scripture, they're not taking those things into consideration. And so like the context of when this was being told to the people of Israel is actually after the Exodus. That's right. And so you have these people who have spent 
generations in slavery who have been under the thumb of a ruler who was oppressive, who, you know, would, would care less if they dropped off dead as mm-hmm. long as his temple got built. And then you have them witnessing Moses, who was this like stuttering, stammering uh, murderer who went off for a while and then Basically. came back. Like he came back and was like, hey, we're going to you're getting out of here. Let's go. God told me. <laughs> hey, kid, get hey, your stuff. Kid, we're going to aim straight. Yeah, put some blood on the door and stuff. Let's go. <laughs> um, but you have this guy who comes in and is like, OK, well, God's going to lead us out. They come to the, the Red Sea and then they walk through on dry land. And mm-hmm. this is like this miraculous thing they see. Then Moses says, all right, so the God that just did that. Well, he goes up on the, he goes up on the mountain. Yeah, right. Once right. they get yes. to, yeah. to the mountain to uh, receive the law, he comes down and he, he brings them not only the law, but he brings them the history of who God is. Right. And like they didn't know this was generations that lost relationship with the living God. And so, yeah, contextually, Moses wasn't coming down to explain every natural occurrence and every right. natural phenomenon from a scientific worldview. He was coming right. down to explain to a, a people group who had just been formed, who had lost all this connection, who the God was that saved them, mm-hmm. like giving them history and understanding the, like the same God that brought you through this uh, sea. It's the God that created everything. Right. And that's and, the God that loves you. And like we, he didn't sit down and say, okay, when I say day, when I say day, day, I don't mean day, day, 24 hour day. He wasn't yeah, like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have to. And honestly, they didn't have time. Like, if you think about it, it's like we're in the middle. We just got we're just running from Pharaoh and his chariots. We just watched them get swept mm-hmm. under. And now we're walking into the desert. I, look, I just need you to know this truth. Yes. And if we if you take the time to actually like absorb that context and not insert yourself into the narrative, but if you go there into the narrative of scripture and say, OK, so this this wasn't meant to be a scientific reasoning. Mm-hmm. Or um, proof. He wasn't giving scientific proof to them. Like, look, I can prove it. To see yeah. if you go back and you, you you follow this genome pattern. Yeah. He was giving them the truth of who God was to help them because they're walking into the wilderness to help them to identify. Okay, this God who did this, he's faithful. He's always been faithful. He's going to be with us in the midst of this. Yeah, and that's one of the things that we've seen as fed to people deconstructing faith. Um, and it kind of goes along the theme of perceived contradiction. Mm, um, which is yeah. understandable. If, if you read a book and someone says, hey, this book has uh, everything you need for eternal life. And as you're reading it, you're starting to perceive contradictions. You're like, I don't know if I can trust this. Like, how do I trust this? But what we've experienced in most conversations that I've had as a pastor or even just in person to person, just hanging out with people, is most perceived contradictions come from um, a lack of understanding context, mm-hmm. a lack of understanding genre a mm-hmm. lack of just a lack of understanding yeah um because they take things at at um surface level mm-hmm. i was like face fa- face value that's another thing <laughs> yeah face value i was gonna yeah. say face level but i was like that's not right face level face level you are on surface face level value <laughs> and so um another thing with the contradiction is old and new testament people will look at mm-hmm. the old testament and yep. they'll be like how come in the old testament god's telling people to murder 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 kill 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 but in the New Testament, Jesus is like, don't do none of that stuff. Um, isn't that a contradiction? Did God change? Yeah, like, no, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have to look at some of the things in the Old Testament aren't reported as good. Yes, that's so true. Like, there's things recorded in Scripture, and there's been a few of them that, I mean, just in the past year or so, in reading the Bible, I'm like, wait a second. Nowhere in this section does it actually say that God was like, good job. <laughs> Way to you go. You did Way to murder all those people. And a big example of that would be like Abraham and or Abram and Sarai. Mm-hmm. All those times he's lying about her not being his wife. 
Mm-hmm. Nowhere does it say, and God said, good job, Abram. Way that's exactly what I wanted you to do. Or Jephthah. And Jephthah. Oh, man, that's a good one. Like, yeah. the first thing that comes out, I'm killing it. I'm devoting it to the Lord. Oh, it's my daughter. Oops. Like, God yeah. doesn't look at that and say, and this is how everyone should do everything. And just to understand, and we, we do this with other things. We would say, oh, well, just because this was recorded or, um, or reported about mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's okay. When you read a news report, or you see something in the news about someone murdering someone. Yeah. That's not the news saying, hey, everybody go out and murder everybody. Yeah, it's just reporting the details. It's just reporting what the facts. happened. And honestly, scripture does that a lot where it's shining light on the failure of humanity, mm-hmm. on the complete brokenness and depravity yeah. of Straight human up. beings, always left to their own devices. They're going to do what is wrong to say, okay, you see that? That's how not to do it. Yeah. And then when we look at the New Testament, and we say, oh, so Jesus brings all of this to completion. Like, okay, all of this stuff that was terrible mm-hmm. that was happening, he redeems it. He brings about the possibility of redemption in a way that had never been done before. That's right. Yeah, I think that's, that's such a good um, understanding of, like, the news. I, thought, I never thought about that before. It's like, it's just the facts here, yeah, folks. Yeah, because nobody sits around and is like, oh, I heard on the news that apparently I'm supposed to go rob a bank. Because <laughs> that's they, what they we're reported. doing they, said, they, they wrote it in the Times. It's like... <laughs> But, but for some reason with scripture, we take yeah. that as like, oh, so apparently Christians are supposed to, you're, n- you're supposed to dash people's I, babies on the rocks. Well, and right? I, I love the ones no. where it's like, they take the law, they take the, the Jewish law, the Torah, they'll take that apart and say, oh, well, you Christians, you eat shellfish. So apparently it's like, okay. And again, it's a lack of context, context a lack yes. of understanding. Cause like when, cause sorry, I just want to go, go ahead. I want to parenting it. example. Mm-hmm. I tell my children, do not run. Now, if I tell them that when we are about to cross the street and I need them to be alert, I need them to stay with me so that I can make sure there's no cars coming, mm-hmm. I say don't run, okay? When we get to the gym or we get to the, the play place or wherever we're going, my kids don't go, mommy, I'm not allowed to run. You said don't run. You said don't run. Yesterday. Because my children understand in context, because I say to them, okay, this is for your safety in this moment. You can't run across the street. Mm-hmm. They understand that when we're somewhere that is safe for them to run, they can do it. And so yeah. this context of like even commands, even things that are being explained, it's like there's a reason behind it. Yeah. If you don't know the character of the person saying it, come on, you will not properly understand its application. No, that's so good. Um, I think another reason, I don't mean to just like try, like just keep pushing, You're good. but um, we got a lot to cover. Uh, another reason the issue of contradiction comes up is because of a lack of intellectual integrity. Ooh. Here's what I mean by that. You calling them liars? Nope, not saying that. Oh, okay. I'm saying they have a lack of intellectual integrity. What, okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is uh, we will build arguments and we will build um, yeah, arguments against scripture based on things that in any other context would never hold up. Ah, okay. Or we will yeah. ignore evidence or we will ignore, and Christians do this too. I'm not saying only mm-hmm. non-Christians do this. Uh, people, when they're trying to defend a point, will forego intellectual integrity. In intellectual um, okay. integrity. I was like, intelligibility. <laughs> intelligibility. It, it Indubitably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they do this in order to prove a point, right? I don't care about the facts. I need to tell you about what I need to say. Uh, or it's looking at scripture and saying, well, you see this? This says that this person sacrificed their child. So Christians must believe that everyone. No, that's a straw man argument and that you yeah. can't stand behind that. Or like, well, the Bible says, no, the Bible isn't a book. You can't uh, just say the Bible says. The Bible is, is actually, I don't know if anybody knows it, but we're going to tell them. Um, if you go to like the Latin origin of the word Bible, right? Let's look at Spanish because I know that better than any other Latin language. Huh? Um, libro means book. Yes. But it's not the, the libel. 
We're not, <laughs> we're not reading the libel. The holy libel. We're reading Wait, no, the, holy the libel. Bible. And when you look back, like that root, that biblios, like it's library. Oh, it's not just yeah. a book. This is a library of books. There are 66 of them written by over 40 authors. Yes, and there are different types of books within. It's not just yeah. 66 individual. You have um, you have prophecy books. You mm-hmm. have law books. You have history. Poetry books. You have poetry. You've got epistles, which are just letters. Letters, which aren't, which technically are letters, books. If so, I've written a lot of books. Can we call I, them e-books? Listen, every I email I've ever written is a book. Just ask I don't know, my though. supervisor. Like you read, <laughs> if you read uh, Romans, like, yeah, that's a book. I mean, like, yes, and Paul wrote that true, as a letter. True. Anyway, <laughs> um, and so we have to understand over, like, looking at the the Bible as a library of books. You can't just um, throw a haymaker at the Bible and be like, the Bible mm. says this one thing. It's like, okay, <laughs> you don't understand because here's the thing: if you look at a library, right? We just went to the library I've recently. Done. I've done that before. <laughs> I just I looked at the library. Them. I'm like, wow, that's a library. That is a library. They got books in there. That's crazy. <laughs> but be um, quiet. <laughs> Real quiet in there. Just, just hush. Um, you wouldn't go to one section of the library and then judge another section off of it. So you mm. wouldn't, you wouldn't go to the children's section, right? Because we have kids. So that's, that takes Where we spend our most of our time. <laughs> and so like, if we found a, a book aimed at our five-year-old daughter, who Lord help us, she's five already. Um, <laughs> and it's pointed at like basics of flight, right? It talks about lift. It talks about drag, talks about force. Like that's it. It's Wilbur just, Wright and Orville Wright. Yeah. It just covers that, right? <laughs> you can't look at that and be like, oh no, this library is false. Because you see this book, uh, it does not cover everything aerodynamically involved in flight. Shut down the library, shut everyone. Just, shut it down. Just call it a day because we can't go to the library. Pull the anymore. funding. <laughs> Get them out of here. Because you had a Sylvia Plath book in here. Oh. And that's not based on fact. And so and she I, talks about flying in her dreams. And, and so what is that about? You, clearly that's false. And so you can't, you can't go to the Bible and take one section and be like, the whole thing has to be wrong because, mm-hmm. and again, it goes back to context and not understanding that. That's good. I like that. That's a really good example of Thank like, you. I came up with it myself. Yes. Well, so <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned like literary styles and this is something that like, honestly, I blame the school system. <laughs> That's why I'm a homeschool mom. I'm just kidding. No, but in, in truth, I, said, I can get a soapbox um, for you. you I, I think that <laughs> in a lot of ways we have not taught students how to appreciate different styles of literature. We have taught them how to read different things sometimes, but I, I will say in general is, it, is, is, is been it's lacking. It's lacking it's right now. Yeah. And you know, we've been in a pandemic, so we're going to have a little bit of grace with everybody Ooh, for that. Pre-pandemic. But at the same time, <laughs> we don't appreciate things. Like, honestly, I've talked to students. Um, I've talked to people who are of that age group. Like, what do we call them? Like uh, generation Z, the Z's, yep. the Z's, the TikTokers. I've talked to some of them. I've, I've even you've TikTok. never sounded older in your life. Sorry. Anyway, this moment. keep um, going. I and love I've, it. I love I've, every I've part mentioned of like hyperbole, metaphor, symbolism, simile, um, allegory, and it's like, what? Why are you using such big words? What, what, say it like say it simpler. And I'm like, that is almost the simplest way I can describe it. That's that 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 word is used to simplify the concept. <laughs> um, but it, this says something about the generation that we're in, not just the age of those people. I'm saying the generation we live in, this age that we're yeah. in, that we are so used to things being spoon fed to us. Mm-hmm. We need it in its simplest form. And so when we encounter something like the, the prose and the, the beauty of, the, and the richness of like uh, Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. or Lamentations, yeah, we're like, what? I don't even, 
I don't get it. That's typically the answer we'll give. It's like, I don't even get it. I don't even understand. And some of those things aren't meant to be understood. They're meant to be felt. Mm-hmm. Appreciate Psalms. It. Like, you don't need to understand what David was talking about. I mean, he's talking about his adultery. Or he's talking about um, his issue with um, his son. His son doing terrible things. You just need to understand this is the human condition. He's feeling his feelings and he's expressing it to God. And this yeah. is showing us what's being shown to you in those different styles may not be the actual thing in the text. What's being shown to you is human beings suffer. Human beings go through emotions. And when they do, they have someone they can turn to. They don't have to yeah. resort to the inward self, um, not inward self. That's different. <laughs> I, I can already hear somebody misunderstanding me on that. The um, inward self. Yes. One of the things you said that it just made me think the way we consume mass media now um, mostly is nonfiction, unless you read audiobooks uh, or podcasts that are based on uh, fiction. Like, oh, sorry, not like this one. <laughs> Both, most of the time you're, you're consuming bite-sized nonfiction things and you're not thinking critically about it because you're consuming in mass. Mm. And so as you're consuming in mass and you're not thinking critically, you're conditioning your brain to just accept and react. And so if that's your condition, when you approach something that is written, um, like the, the poetry in the Psalms, like you're just like, oh, okay, I, I guess dancing, uh, the boundaries fall in places, the Lord's a shepherd. I don't know. Um, like you're not actually being like, oh, wow, there's so much depth to this. What does it mean mm. to be a shepherd? What does it mean to be led by still waters? What is, how, wh- why do sheep want still waters? Like wh- you're yeah. not thinking about it. You're just like, oh, okay, I don't know how this helps me. Yeah. And so when you said about this kind of age that we live in, mm-hmm. um, it just triggered that thought in me. Well, and one of the things I do love about scripture is it's been translated so many different times in different languages. And we even have, uh, um, there was a lot of criticism for a while about the message paraphrase. Yeah, I, I like um, to jab at the message when I can. Every it's now and then it's like, it's a great paraphrase. And it says that in the title, it's a paraphrase. Eugene Peterson but did some great work with he that. He did, but he did it in a way that was like, okay, he was trying to help it be more accessible to people. Yes. Which that's one of the greatest things about translating the Bible is like mm-hmm. giving it that broader audience. And there are some people that I would say, you probably need to start with the message paraphrase because Definitely. it will be in a language that's like, oh, so he's talking about, and he's but, and the, even the like even the then, point though, of view that he uses. Sorry, no, go ahead. Cut I was like, even then, mm-hmm. because of the way our language has evolved, even in the past thirty to fifty years, it's true. It's like, true. Even then, people be like, I don't get it. It's true, but I think it it gives one of the best like modern day um, yeah. understandings of it. And what's crazy is like all of these different styles and like literary devices and things. And if you are a literature major or like you're an English major and you're like geeking out about that stuff, that's amazing. But one of the things that um, about scripture that, that is unique with those things is that those different devices are meant to help us take in the Bible. They're meant to help us um, take it seriously. Yes. Not necessarily to apply everything literally. Yes. And actually, um, we're going to share with our inner circle uh, about how applying the word literally almost led us into a cult. But we'll talk about oh, that later. Yes, so I if you want to know more about that, that uh, join the inner circle. Uh, so what is... <clears throat> Because this this is really the the issue. Like people don't understand the scope or the purpose of scripture. Mm. Like they go to scripture thinking it's going to be the answer to all of life's problems, and yeah. in a way it is, but not in a technical way. It's not okay. a technical book. Yeah. And so you're not going to show up and figure out which color shoes you should buy this week. Like that's <laughs> not you know that answer is not in there. Um, or the longitude and latitude of your spouse, like you said, they're not going <laughs> to drop that right. that pin in your Bible. So we need to talk about the purpose of scripture. To help if, if you're battling this, if you're struggling with this. So I'm going to go with the first one. Mm-hmm. One of the, the main purposes of scripture is that it is the revelation of God. 
It's the revelation of who he is, his personality, his character through the Holy Spirit, who is also God, because we believe in a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, And so the Holy Spirit inspired human beings to write down these books. And these books, inspired by God, tell the story of God and who he is and how he works his way to us mm. through his son, Jesus Christ, which is also God, Father, Son, Holy yes. Spirit. And one of, I'm just a little tidbit for free. Go ahead. One of the things that does distinguish scripture from other holy texts um, and other religious texts is that, is that, is that focus being God and not human beings. A lot of yes. times those other texts can focus on human beings and how we can be better or do better. A lot of them are in a sense, very much the original self-help books mm-hmm. um, and enlightenment and those things and um, grasping at things that are not um, necessarily tangible or like, um, yeah, realized in, in this realm. And so that's one thing that makes scripture so unique is that it, it is solely about God and the realization of God. Yeah, that's good. Um, another um, part of scripture, that, or excuse me, uh, Purpose. Purpose of scripture. I was like, what's the word? I can't We're struggling think of words, words right now. Right? Um, is to explain. And I love, there's a, there's a poet, Shylin, who's like. He's also a um, Christian hip hop artist. Yes, who has a really great song. I can't remember what it's called now. But um, he says that, he says like, what's the Bible about? Man's complete ruin and sin and what God has done in Christ to bring us to him again. So good. Great think, succinct answer. I think that that's the answer. Like, to yeah. ex- It's to explain. Um, over time, through 66 books, through thousands of mm-hmm. generations and years, over, what is it, 40 different authors, mm-hmm. 40 different writers, to explain these things. Yeah. Uh, it's also to teach us. So to mm-hmm. teach us what is good, what God desires, what, um, what it means to follow the Lord, to teach us uh, first the, the Torah, the law, like what, what was mm-hmm. the law that God put in place. Um, and then to teach us grace, how is that fulfilled in Christ? Also to teach, it teaches us theology. It teaches us history because if you become a Christian, a follower of Christ, you are now grafted into the, the historical tradition of the Jewish people. And so you, mm. you look back at the history, the faith history of those who came before it, it teaches us the genealogy of Christ, which there's sermons in there. It teaches us Christian, mm. uh, principles. It teaches us how to behave, how to live our live lives in a way that honors God and cherishes others. Yeah, that's good. It's also to build. Scripture is meant to be encouragement. It's meant to bring joy. It's meant to um, deepen our sense of community. It's meant to give us hope. Yeah, that's good. Um, it also testifies. Like the testimony that we have is is the root of what it means to be a Christ follower because mm-hmm. um, it's what Christ has done in our life is, is 90% of what your testimony should yeah. be. Um, and so testimony is at the heart of Christianity and the entirety of Scripture contains um, all sorts of accounts of the human experience testifying to God's good goodness, good good goodness. <laughs> God's good and good. That's good. how good it is. Good, he's so good. good. That good good. <laughs> uh, and it's told through the lens of grace, with mm. this overarching message of the salvation that Christ offers, despite of our failings, despite yeah. of humans' shortcomings. Yeah, that's good. And so, I mean, again, we could we could continue this like twelve more episodes because it's just there's so many aspects of the the problem of scripture for deconstructing faith and, mm-hmm. and really i think it's it's not just that scripture presents so many problems for people it's that we have problems when we approach scripture mm. that's yeah. like that's, that's the hard it's like that's man, worth repeating that's we, so good yeah i don't know if i can repeat it exactly go back and play it again <laughs> but like we come to the table with issues we come we are an issue like we right. as human beings we are a, a, a key problem in this conversation but 
the beauty of scripture is that it shows us that the answer to that, the solution to that problem is Christ himself. Mm-hmm. It's not how many things I can memorize out of this book. It's not how many, how well did I do measuring up against this law? Yeah. And I think a lot of times, like I've, I've talked to some that have deconstructed their faith and have now called themselves agnostic or atheist. And I will say, and I have said to them, you are almost more religious about scripture than I am. It's true. You, you have such an attachment to things being exactly the way they're supposed to be. And there's beauty in that because there's a recognition, even in choosing not to follow scripture, there's a recognition of what is good and what is true and what should be right, what right should be. Yeah, which there we only should, get from God. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, man, you, you're so religious. You, you, are, you have things memorized and you like, I don't even know that. I don't even know that was a law. Wow, that's crazy. I've read the Bible, but I didn't even know that was a law. Um, and I don't follow it. But it's, it's the grace of God shown through the scriptures, through those 66 books that inspires me and shows me that I'm capable of living this life in Christ despite my inability to follow that mm, law. That's good. Well, um, if you know somebody who needs to hear this, please share it. Let somebody know about the Nick Smith podcast because we would like, um, we just want to continue the conversation. We yeah. want to get the word out and let people know what's happening. Yes. Um, yeah. And we can't, we can't answer every problem that you may present um, in this short context, um, <laughs> nor do we feel like we have to because mm. uh, the Bible has been able to stand on its own for thousands of years. And so yeah. I don't have to defend it. I'm just trying to share. We're just trying to share where uh, our understanding lies yeah. and hopefully help you um, by connecting you to the, the living truth of God's word. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's all I want. I mean, to honestly, one of the biggest hangups that we have encountered ourselves, um, cause there have been times where like we've, we've wrestled with our own questions and problems with scripture. Like, well, I don't really like this part, this part, like, and Oh, I love in, in Jackie Hill Perry's new book called holier than thou, mm-hmm. which I totally recommend. I've already, I just started it. I'm like, I, Lord. we ain't got no brand deals or nothing. We just, <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so good. But one of the things she talks about is, um, is this need for like to believe. And she, she, incorpor- it's just so beautiful the way she incorporates it. But what I want to say, one of the biggest hangups that, that happens is, um, not interpreting or understanding scripture in the context of community. Yes. Like we can't, you can't close yourself in the closet, you know, your, your parents' basement Mm -hmm. for a semester and, and just open up the Bible and suddenly say, you know, everything. Yeah. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. It's not how it was meant to work. And really, if you look at it, scripture was written under the authority of godly community. The Trinity is godly community. Come on. So if that's what inspired the word of God, why would we even think that we could just take it on our own and try to interpret it and apply it yeah. appropriately? And most of the new, not most, all of the New Testament was written to the community. Yes. None of it was written to a person. Yes. And so, yeah, yeah that's go it. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> um, and so we, we need godly community in order to properly understand and interpret and, and wrestle through these questions we have. And that, that leads us to another problem, which we want to talk about next week, which is the church problem. Like we, we yes. need to have the church to properly um, read and learn the Bible, but there's problems with that. And yeah. if you've been in part of, a part of church, you know, there's problems with that. Yes. And the yeah. church may be one of the, um, biggest problems that has caused or created, uh, people who are deconstructing their faith. Yeah. And we're going to dive into it. We're going to, we're going to explain as much as we can, and we're going to bring up problems that we've had and discuss how we've navigated that through, uh, through Christ. But that's all going to be 
on the next episode. Yes. So uh, again, just please, mm -hmm. please go back, re-listen to some things. I know we probably rubbed some people the wrong way yeah. with what we said, but it's okay. But it's all It'll from a fine. place of wanting to shed light and truth and, and to do it in a loving way as much as we can through a screen um, to help people to reconstruct what faith should be and how faith can be um, a beautiful thing in our lives when we walk in it truthfully. So that's right. Um, go ahead and like and subscribe right down here. Down subscribe over there. And, and then if you want to know more about becoming a part of our inner circle, if you want to hear our story about how uh, Colt tried to get us, uh, go to <laughs> www.patreon.com slash Nick Smith podcast. And you can find out uh, what it means to be a part of our inner circle. Yes. Well, this has been the Nick Smith podcast. Mm -hmm. We hope this episode has connected you to living truth. Be, be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith podcast. We are so glad that you joined us and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.